The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Sam, what's going on, man? Hey, man, all I can say is uh, Florida Gulf Coast, man. Florida <laughs> Gulf Coast, man, the Eagles. Man, all I can say is the state of Florida, man. We're representing, man. We're representing University of Miami, the Florida Gators, and Florida Gulf Coast over in Fort Myers, Florida, doing their thing, man, representing. Hey, I, I tell you what, uh, you know, haven't heard much about this team coming into the NCAA tournament. Uh, a lot of people said that uh, if there was going to be a possible upset in the tournament, that this team was uh, was one of the teams to watch. And uh, I, I thought to myself, man, there's no way that Georgetown is going to lose to a number 15 seed, a team that, uh, that has only been eligible for the NCAA tournament for two years, uh, a team that uh, the university was established in 1997. How could the mighty Georgetown Warriors lose to a number 15 seed? Well, uh, I think Georgetown practice on going out in the first round of the NCAA tournament or the second round. They haven't made it past the second round in quite a while. So it shouldn't be a big surprise for us to see the Georgetown Hoyas go out. And, and I guess the question is, when we see some of these coaches in the NCAA losing their job, how long does John Thompson III have in Georgetown? I in Washington D.C. I think John Thompson has. Uh, he he's going to be there a while, but uh, I, I really don't want to um, focus on Georgetown and John Thompson. Uh, I, I just think that we need to keep our focus on Florida Gulf Coast University. Man, you're talking about an exciting brand of basketball. These guys are running. They're throwing alley hoops. They're throwing no look passes. I did not see a better point guard than Brett Comer all weekend. I mean, this guy had 24 assists in two games. Uh, Yesterday, I think he finished with uh, 10 points and 14 assists. Uh, he protects the football, I mean the basketball. He controls the tempo of the game. And, uh, hey, man, it's like Biggie said. They kicked in the door waving the 4-4, and they let everyone know that uh, that they're for real. You know, America, everyone loves the, the Cinderella story. And, and I guarantee you every major newspaper in America, they're talking about the Eagles of Florida Gulf Coast, Lob City, Dunk City, whatever you want to call them. These guys are very exciting, and uh, that they're going to give the Florida Gators everything they can handle. Well, when we talk about Cinderella, she's always playing very relaxed, and she's moving the ball at a pace that, that the other team is usually not, not moving the ball at. So Cinderella is always playing quick, 
but she's playing so relaxed, man. And look like she's always a team that's having the most fun. We've seen some teams in the past, like VCU, come through here. We've seen Butler come through here and be the Cinderella. And when and now we look at these programs, VCU, Butler, Davidson. They're not. They're no longer Cinderella teams. Their teams are expected to do some things. So let's let's hope that. Uh, that this this team in in Florida on the West Coast can do the same thing next year. They won't be a Cinderella. They'll just be another team in the tournament. You know they made history, man. The first number fifteen seed in seventy five years to make it to the Sweet Sixteen. And uh, you know I get the feeling that these guys belong here. They they have a a coach that's that's well established. He spent some time in the NBA with in ninety four to ninety six with the Milwaukee Bucks from ninety eight to two thousand with the Boston Celtics. He's been an assistant coach at Florida State. This is a guy that played at John Hopkins. University, one of the best free throw shooters in NCAA history. Uh, he made a fortune uh, consulting NBA players and uh, as an um, information management system for uh, healthcare companies. He, he's a self-made millionaire. He's, uh, he has a supermodel wife. He has a team that's in the Sweet 16. Uh, you know, my thing is how long will he be at Florida Gulf Coast? Now everyone knows about the guy. Well, if he is what he say he is, self-made millionaire, you know, now I know he is a self-made millionaire. You know, he has no reason to leave. You know, in Florida, and, and where he is in Florida, trust me, is one of the most beautiful areas in the United States and one of the most serene areas in the United States. Don't have a whole lot of traffic over there. It's nothing like Atlanta or New York or L.A. or Miami. Hey, but speaking of, uh, speaking of Florida, Billy Donovan comes to play Florida Gulf Coast. Now, Billy Donovan has won two national championships and has put a number of players in the, in, in the NBA. And here's a team that has, you know, I don't know if they know what they're getting into, Florida Gulf Coast playing the number three seed, Florida Gators. I think they're going to be in for it, man. They got to play at the top of their game. Not only do they have to play relaxed, they have to play some super basketball to beat Billy Donovan's team because, he, if nothing else, he's going to have his team ready to play in a tournament, and they're in a tournament in the third round. Uh, I, I agree with that, but I really feel uh, Florida Gulf Coast, I think they match up well with the Florida Gators. Florida's a team that want to press. They want to get up and down, and I think that's going to suit uh, Florida Gulf Coast. That's, that's going to play to their strengths. Uh, I think one of the keys to being the University of Florida team is, is getting out on them earlier, getting getting ahead on Florida Um uh, Making them play a close ball game. Florida hasn't won a game this year that's decide that's been decided under ten points. So it's either they win every game by ten points, or the games that they've lost, they've been games that have been decided that's under ten points. So you want to get Florida in a dog fight. The best way to get them into a dog fight is to try to jump out on them early. And, and I tell you, I, I really feel that this point guard Brett Comer, he's going to control the tempo, the action, and. uh I think he's going to be the best point guard on the court. Uh, you know, Billy Donovan, he is a two-time national champion winning coach, but you throw all that stuff out the door. Once you took the ball up, once the ball's thrown in the air, man, uh, the excitement, the emotions of getting to the Elite Eight is going to set in. This is a team that wanted to play Florida. Uh, they wanted, to, they wanted to, to play them in the preseason. They wanted to scrimmage get some Florida. Uh, they refused to play them. So, hey, lo and behold, they get their chance now in the round of uh, – the round of six, 16. So uh, I'm looking forward to the matchup, and I'm going to go out on a limb. I think Cinderella's slipper still fits. I, I picked Florida Gulf Coast to beat the University of Florida, man, in a close ball game. Well, Sam, um, 
I think Cinderella's feet are going to be bleeding a little bit because I think the glass slipper is going to crack and and cut her big toe, man. I'm sorry to say that. But on the other hand, man, the University of Michigan, who was a four seed, is going to be facing Kansas, the number one seed, and possibly the I, the team that I think is the best team coming into this tournament. You know, um, I really think Michigan is Michigan has their hands full. I tell you what. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great day to be a Michigan Wolverine. We're gonna we're gonna sing the most popular fight song in uh in the history of college athletics. The victors hail to the victors hail, to, and, and that's what we're gonna hear. Hail to the victors, valiant hail to the conquering heroes. Trey Burke's gonna control the tempo. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. I tell you, the guy that I'm really impressed with with uh, Michigan is the freshman Mitch McGuire. He's uh he's a big man. He gives him a presence. Plays with a lot of energy. Uh, you got the big dog son. You got Nick Starkis sitting out on the three point on the wing. And uh, you know, when you get into these type of games into the tournament, you the best point guard on the floor will be Trey Burke. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough matchup going against the University of Kansas, but I, I do feel that uh, we're going to be able to um, to beat them. But, you know, just speaking of some of these teams, uh, you know, uh, you got LaSalle, you got Wichita State, you got Oregon. So when we, we talked about Florida Gulf Coast being a Cinderella team, but at the same time you have a number 13, team, 13 seed LaSalle that uh, – that had to play in the play in the play-in game against Boise State, and uh, this is a team that's already played three games in the NCAA tournament. They beat uh, they beat Boise State, and then from there, they beat uh, they beat Kansas State, the number four seed, by two points, and then they beat Mississippi State on a late drive. You're, you're talking about a team that uh, that has a been to the NCAA tournament since 1992 and it had only one win in 30 years. Uh, a team that has three wins in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, everybody's talking about Florida Gulf Coast, but uh, we're talking about a LaSalle team that's going to be facing a number nine uh, seed, Wichita State, that upset uh, the number one uh, seed, Gonzaga. So, uh, you know, you're talking about a Cinderella. You're talking about a 9 or a 13 seed that's going to be advancing to the to the Elite Eight. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. That you're going to have a 9 or a 13 seed in the Elite Eight. So there's your Cinderella. That that could be our Cinderella, definitely. And you're talking about a Wichita State team who was 28 and 8. You know, that's not a bad record coming into this tournament. And, and I expect them to... To, to continue to do what they're doing. They beat the number one seeded team, Gonzaga, you know, and, 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 and beat them, you know, handedly in, in, in a college basketball game. Um, 76 to 70 is, is handily in a college basketball game. So I expect them to, um, to keep it rolling. I, I expect this nine seed to beat the 13 the seed LaSalle this week, man. So you're going on, so you're taking, uh, you're gonna take you're taking Wichita State. I tell you what, this is this Wichita State team. This is a team that has been ranked through mostly throughout this season. They've been in the top twenty-five most of the weeks. So it's not truly a surprise to me that they've had some success. Uh, they pounded Pittsburgh in the first round, beat them by close to twenty points, uh, and then they beat Gonzaga in a, in a tough game. Uh, you know. 
a lot of people really wasn't sold on Gonzaga coming into this tournament. Some of the mid-major teams, uh, you, you, you can't fault them for winning most of the games that's on their schedule. But uh, I, I think some of these teams, they have to do a better job of scheduling quality opponents uh, to get them tournament ready. And at the same time, I realize that there's some mid, some major conference teams that do not want to play the Gonzagas of the world. They do not want to play the Butlers of the world. So it's kind of tough. And the only thing that you can do as a program is play the teams that's on your schedule. And Gonzaga did that. You know, it's unfortunate that uh, they were upset. I I don't really feel that they were a number one seed, but hey, uh, you know, my thing is, will they be trusted again? Will, Will they ever be rated this high again after having a very successful regular season? Would it have been better for them to be a five or a six seed? You know, it's a, it's a possibility, um, Sam, but when you, when you look at, when you look at what, where they've come from, you know, when I, when, when I look at the LaSalle program, who beat an old Miss team, and, you know, I guess I, what I want to talk about is this kid, Marshall Henderson, who came into the season, came into this tournament as um, one of the most popular players in the tournament. However, he hadn't really done a lo- whole lot except maybe poke fun at the Gators. Uh, now you hear that he, um, he, he, he gave the middle finger as they were walking off the court after they lost to LaSalle. You know, I guess... It, my point is some of these people look for so many opportunities to to bring attention to themselves, but when they get the attention, what are they doing with it? You know, he didn't he didn't make the best of his opportunity. Hey Darren, we're gonna hold that thought. Hey guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back to continue talking about March Madness, bracket busters. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week 
You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam, the East region is the only region with top four seeds advancing. Now, I think that's quite remarkable. And when we look at it, we'd have to say that the, the people that set up the bracket, they got this one right. Hey, they got it right. But I'll tell you what, Indiana got the... Um Temple gave them everything that they can handle and then some. And, uh, you know, Coach Crane of, of the Big Ten, the Big Ten represents 25% of the Sweet 16. Uh, you know, a lot of people talked about what conference was the best. I think really, really uh, the Big Ten kind of settled that this weekend. But, uh, you know, they, they had a very, very hard game against Temple. And uh, even after the game, the coach went on to the court to tell Temple players that they were the toughest uh, team that they played all season long. Uh, just j- just a great game uh, in the Hoosiers' escape, and they're going to be facing a, a, Syracuse, a very, very dangerous Syracuse team. And uh, what are your thoughts on that matchup, Indiana versus Syracuse, the one versus four, Big Ten versus Big East? Well, you know, since this is the last year of the Big East, um, I'd, I'd like to see Syracuse move on, man. And, I, and Indiana has really not impressed me this, this season, even though they were the number one team and they probably have the best player in the nation. I just don't see – I don't think that they have enough. Uh, I don't think they have enough chemistry, actually, to take them to the next level. Chemistry? Come on, chemistry, man. man. I'm telling you, they've been, they've been up and down. I just don't see them – I don't see it, man. Well, what's the mark of a great team, man? How do you handle adversity? You know, Indiana could have easily folded. They went on a 10-0 run to, to close out the game. And uh, to, to me, that's, that's, that, show, that shows signs of growth. That shows chemistry. That shows a, a group of guys that have been together. They know how to win the tough game. And, uh, man, I, I'm surprised it's about the chemistry, but uh, I, I think they have enough chemistry. They're one of the best teams in the country, and uh, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Big Ten guy, but, uh, you know, this, this matchup here I think is going to be personal for both of these teams. Uh, coach Behan, he's a big-time coach. He represents the Big East. He's been there, and, uh, you know, they're going to be able to settle it on the court. Uh, what conference is the better? Is it the Big Ten? Is it the Big East? Hey, I, I say Indiana moves along in this game. And uh, that, that, that's just my humble opinion. I think it's going to be a tough game. But uh, I, I think Indiana has all of the pieces. They have a young point guard. They have possibly the most exciting player in college basketball. They have a big man in Zeller. They play defense. They got guys that can hit the outside shot. I look for Indiana to move on. And, and, and our other matchup, hey, you, you, a Marquette. 
versus uh, your Miami Hurricanes. But I tell you what, uh, speaking of Marquette and Butler, that was one of the best games of the weekend. It was a very, very uh, well-played game. Uh, it went down to the wire, and Marquette squeaked one out. Uh, Buzz Williams, he's a, he's a big-time basketball coach. Another Big East team. You know, you know, it's the Miami used to be in the Big East, but now they're in what, what is considered the toughest conference in basketball. You got Duke, North Carolina, and now the University of Miami. In the hey, that's, in a, that's in the past, you know? man. That, that <laughs> the, ACC, the ACC is nowhere in the conversation this year for the best conference in basketball, man. I know you love your Hurricanes, man, but, you know, sometimes you got to eat some of that humble pie, man. <laughs> hey, well, Sam, I really think that uh, Marquette is the number three team, three-seeded team, and, and I, I think the Hurricanes have enough. And I really think they have enough chemistry. I really think they have enough with this kid Larkin as a point guard. And we all know to win the NCAA tournament, you have to have great point guard play. And Miami has great point guard play. Hey, uh, I, I agree with you in uh, the Larkin assessment. Uh, this, this young man, you're talking about hitting a big-time shot uh, versus Illinois. Uh, yesterday, he hit a step-back three to put them ahead. There's a little controversy in that game if you, yeah, watch, was. If you watch the replay. Uh, the ball clearly went off the um, hurricane player's hand, but at the same time, you only have three sets of eyes out on the court. Referees do the best job they, uh, they can. It, it would be nice in some of these situations if you had an official sitting by watching the camera so he can help the referees uh, get those calls right in, in tough situations. But, uh, you know, Miami, hey, they, they deserve a win. Uh, you can't say that that one play was the outcome of the game. Uh, they have a big-time point guard in Larkin. I, I think he's one of the probably the top five point guards in the country. And uh, when, when they needed him most, he delivered. Uh, he's had an outstanding season. Uh, I like Miami also to beat Marquette in the um, – and they'll end up facing a Indiana team in a, for the right to go to the Final Four. Well, I like I like Miami too, and like I said last week, I'm proud of this team, proud of my university, and uh, hey, happy to see them where we are. And I really think we have a chance of going all the way and winning this thing outright. Now, when you uh, when we go out west, you look at the brackets, and uh, I tell you what, uh, Ohio State, they. Uh, any, anything can happen. Uh, they they got a tough matchup against uh, Arizona, but uh, I want to talk about Iowa State, man. Uh, that that game, Iowa State and uh, Ohio State, that was also a great ball game that came down to point five point to five tenths of a, a second, and uh, the point guard Kraft hit a big time three for uh, Ohio State for them to advance. But uh, this is a, a, another team. They represent 25% of the Big Ten. Uh, me being a Michigan guy, it's hard to root for the Buckeyes, but I, I really do think that uh, Thad Mata has done one of the outstanding jobs in college basketball and the job that he's done with that program. Uh, I, I like Ohio State over Arizona. You know, um, I'm not a, a big fan of Ohio State. Um, I think Arizona, the sixth seed, I think they really have a shot at taking them, taking Ohio State. Um, you know, we always hear this, these talks about a coach's son, um, the guard for Ohio State. He's a coach's son. And there was a little controversy in that Ohio State game, too, over Iowa State. But um, I, I, I think – I think Arizona's going to take this one, man. Yeah, hey, I haven't seen much of Arizona, but uh, 
Uh, I, I saw them play one time this year. I saw them play against Florida. They looked pretty good. They were uh, ranked in the top ten when I had the opportunity to see them play. I will say that the uh, the Pac-12, uh, they, they don't get a lot of respect, but they have uh, – they have really played some good basketball in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you look at Colorado. You look at Oregon. They, they've uh, they've been very respectable uh, in the tournament. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I I just like the Ohio State Buckeyes to move on. And the other matchup is a is a Cinderella matchup. You got Wichita State. Uh, Wichita State defeated Pittsburgh 70, 73 to 55. And then Wichita State beat the number one seed in Saga 76 to 70. And then you have LaSalle, the number 13 seed that, uh, they didn't even get invited to the original round of 64. So they were in the round of 68. They had to play in the play-in game. They beat Boise State. 80 to 71 and then from there they beat uh kansas state 63 to 61 and then they beat marshall henderson and old miss 76 to 74 on a last second drive to the lane a nice layup to send them to to victory i tell you what this lasalle team these young men from philadelphia they're playing like that they, they, these guys are playing a tough brand of basketball they, they run a four guard offense uh like i said they're they're they haven't been in a tournament since 1992 they only had one win in 30 years and now they have three and uh this is a team that say that they're not a Cinderella team. They feel that they belong here. They say that if you play hard and give yourself a chance to win, anything can happen, and that is certainly true. Uh, so who do you like in this matchup of the number 13 seed hey. LaSalle and the number 9 Wichita State? You know, it's beautiful to say that we're going to have a 9 seed or a 13 seed. That's a true Cinderella and the right eight. there. And That's the a true eight. Cinderella, man. Yeah. The, one of the Elite 8 teams is going to be <laughs> – a 13 C or a 9 C. So, man, I guess if you're flipping a coin, I guess it's whoever whoever you pick his heads. You know, um, I'm going I, to sell, man. I know, really like watch them. I, I really like the guards getting after it. Uh, that the young men from Philly, man, there's just something about just watching these young men, the toughness that they display. Uh, they get after it, man, I, and I and I really feel that uh, they're gonna they're gonna survive. You know, Sam, I, I guess I pick my basketball brackets in the NCAA a little different because I look at Wichita, and I, you know that they have never gotten respect in basketball that a Kansas has. So I'm looking at them and saying, hey, they're the underdog of their, whole, of their state. So I'm picking them. I want them. I'd love to see them make it to the Final Four. Hey. In that bracket right there, that's that's the bracket that's wide open the West, man. I I really tell you, on paper it looks like Ohio State's going to advance, and then I I would pick, I see Ohio State going to the Final Four, but uh you know you got to play the game, anything can happen, man. Now, that's for sure. Now moving to the Midwest, you got a a team that you either love or you're going to hate, the Duke Blue Devils, and they're going to be playing against Tom Izzo in Michigan State. Again, that's just 25. This is another 25% of the Big Ten, the best conference in uh the best conference in basketball. Hey, you know, the Big East, they, they got a little they got a little argument. But uh, Michigan State and Duke, man, it don't get better than that if you're a college basketball fan. No, it doesn't get any better than that, man. And um, Mike Krzyzewski, he's been there. He's done it. You know, um, his team look like they're playing very well. He has a lot of three-point shooters. He has an inside presence. Um, 
that's it's not going to surprise me to see him advance. You know, uh, Michigan State they haven't been there in a while, and um, but you know when I think Michigan State basketball, man, again I'm a Michigan Wolverine, true and true. But uh, when I think Michigan State basketball, when I think Tom Izzo, I think toughness, man. I, I just think some guys that, that they work and they really represent their coach to the fullest, man. That this is going to be a team uh, that they're going to play tough. It don't matter. It don't. It, regardless if they're behind or ahead, this is a team that's going to go out. They're going to compete and they're going to compete to the very end. Uh, they have some big skill men. Uh, uh, I'm a I'm a Duke hater, man, uh, and I, I have a lot of respect for uh, Duke and Coach K's program. But I, I hold them in the same high regard that I hold the Yankees in. I respect them a lot. But because they win so much, I root against them. Uh, I'm going with Michigan State. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. When we return, we're going to continue to talk about this bracket. we got Louisville and Oregon to break down also. flagship station for sports voice america sports football and so much more is the focus of planet gridiron with damian anderson join the former arizona cardinals running back for a show that mixes well a little bit of everything damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and, of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, we're going to dive right back into We're in the Midwest bracket. We're looking at Louisville and Oregon. Louisville is the one number one seed and the number one overall seed in the tournament. Louisville has cruised to two victories. Uh, they gave Colorado State all types of trouble. Uh, Colorado State had problems even inbounding the basketball. Uh, I like Louisville in a close game versus Oregon. Oregon is a number 12 seed. Uh, they defeated Oklahoma State 68-55, to and also they, defeat, they defeated St. Louis 74-57. to uh, 
Oregon is a team that has a lot of talent. They won a Pac-12 uh, conference tournament. This is a team that I feel that got slapped in the face when the seeds were released. Uh, number 12 seed. They don't do this team any justice. Uh, Louisville has cruised the first two rounds. So have Oregon. I, I look for this game to be a up and down game. Uh, just a lot of athletes on the court. Uh, I Bill winning a close one. I know you had some strong words for Coach Patino this week, so I don't know if you're going to be picking Louisville, Daryl. Well, you know, Sam, when you look at this Oregon team, man, they they score a lot of points, and they get the job done. Um, Patino, he, he's a great coach. Let's, let's, don't, let's don't get nothing mistaken about that. Um, I, I said it before, I don't like some of the things he's done in the past, and I really think He's had his last victory in this year's tournament. I think Oregon is going to take them down. A lot of people thought that Oregon had a high seed for the play that they had presented throughout the season. You know, a lot of people thought they should have been more like a six or seven, maybe maybe an eight seed, not a 12 seed, man. And and this is my thing again, you know, you, you win your conference uh the conference championship, uh, UCLA won the regular season. They were a six seed. Arizona, they didn't win the conference or the regular season. They're a six seed. So uh, it's a respect thing. Uh, maybe they had a stronger um, out-of-conference schedule. But at the end of the day, you know, Oregon's still alive. Uh, then, hey, man, they got some guys that can get up and down the court that can uh, – that can get you buckets, but uh, Louisville, uh, I, I just really think that uh, this this is this might be the year of the cards, man. And uh, Coach Coach Martino, he he's a great basketball coach. Uh, he has an exciting style of basketball. He press. Uh, he let his guys take a lot of three point shots. Uh, one thing you know about a Coach Martino team is that they're going to be well. They're going to be a well conditioned team, and uh, they got guys that can shoot from all any spot on the court. Uh, I, I like Louisville in this game. So, uh, you know, hey, Oregon, you picked Oregon, Louisville. We should see. Well, well, Daryl, now that, uh, you know, we went around, we made our Elite Eight predictions, uh, who's going to be playing? Who, who, who do you like in the Final Four, man, to advance to the Final Four out the Midwest? You know, um, Sam from the Midwest, I, I really like Oregon. Um so you like Oregon to go to the Final Four. So, I like Oregon to go to the Final Four. So you like Oregon to beat either. You like Oregon to beat Louisville, and you like them to beat the winner of Michigan State and Duke. And I, and I actually look at – I, I really think it's going to be Duke and Michigan State. No, no, I'm, I'm Duke and Oregon is going to come out of, out of that out of the Midwest. So who's going to win that game? And I look at Oregon to win, win that game. All right, you say Oregon uh, – uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Louisville. And that uh, I, I like Louisville coming out the coming out the Midwest, man. Uh, I, I think they're gonna beat Oregon, and I also think that they're gonna win a close game against Michigan State. So uh, we shall see. We you shall like see. Duke, Michigan State. No, I you like, like, you I, like um, I like Michigan State over Duke, Louisville. and I like Louisville over Oregon, and I like Louisville to advance to the Final Four. Okay. All right, we're going to move on to the South. The Dirty South is going to be played in Arlington, Texas. Who do you like coming out of the South? You know, man, I really see um, Kansas playing Florida, and I see Kansas advancing. Okay. And I'm sure you're going with, with Michigan. 
You know, in my brackets on ESPN, I'll be the first to admit I didn't have Michigan advancing uh, past the Sweet 16. But uh, just after watching the first round of play, and, uh, man, I, I tell you what, they were one of the better teams in the first round of the NCAA tournament, in my opinion, uh, not because I went to school there. Uh, you know, filling out the brackets and the momentum they had coming into the tournament. I had them getting to the Sweet 16 and losing. But uh, I've, I've just had a change of heart after watching the first two rounds of basketball, man. Trey Burke is the best point guard in the country. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is playing really well. If they can get the support uh, from the rest of their teammates, I really like them to beat Kansas. And uh, and then I like them to... Um, to knock the uh, the slipper off of Florida Gulf Coast. I'm going with Michigan and Florida Gulf Coast to advance to the lead eight. And uh, it's going to be a blue day, man. I'm going with Michigan to make it to the final four. Wow. I like that Florida Gulf Coast pick. Yep. So there we go. Yeah, I like that, man. Now hey, so in the – in the East, go ahead. Go ahead. No, take it, take us to the East. In, 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 in the East, man, you know I got University of Miami going to win it all. But I, I really see them playing Syracuse, man. I, I just think that um, Syracuse, with with uh, with their coach and the experience that he brings to the table, I think they got a chance. But I'm really pulling, picking Miami to win it all. So you like Miami to come out the East? Uh, I, I'm going to agree with you on that pick. I like Miami to uh, to beat Indiana in the Elite Eight. Man, it's going to be a, a it's going to be a tough ball game. It's going to be a close ball game, but. I really feel that uh, Miami is a team of destiny this year. And uh, I like them beating Indiana of the Big Ten to make it to the Final Four. Hey, I like that too, man. I think Miami, um, you know, they play with a lot of quickness. They play a lot of small ball, you know, and I think that's a big thing in the NCAA tournament because you can move the ball quicker. You run up and down the court a lot quicker when you're playing, playing with a team that's six foot and under, six four and under. You know, you only have one guy on the floor that's like six eight. I think Miami plays a lot of basketball like that, and uh, and, the, and the pace of the game is very quick. Now, that may be the problem with the Gators in in, uh, in Florida Gulf Coast is that they play a small ball and they play a very very high tempo. And, and that's why I think a lot of these uh, mid major schools have a lot of success uh, versus some of these power, power conference schools. When, it, when you get into the NCAA tournament, you don't have the time to, to, to scout the teams like you normally would during, throughout the season. And I really think that it plays to uh, some of these smaller schools' benefits when you got three or four guys that can handle the ball, they can shoot the ball, they can get up and down the court, very athletic guys. So, hey, uh, I, I think that will benefit my. Miami versus Indiana, but I, I think that's going to be a great game uh, in the Elite Eight. Uh, moving to the West, hey, uh, I like the Ohio State Buckeyes to come out the West. Uh, I think they're going to beat LaSalle by, uh, by at least eight points to come out the West. You know, I like, Ohio, I, I like Ohio State and, and uh, Wichita State to play each other. But I'm really looking at Ohio State to come out of it. Um, you know, they 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 got a, a really solid team, a solid guard play, and here it is again. You know, guards run the NCAA tournament, and there's another team that we that has really solid guard play. So I like Ohio State to come out of the West. All right, so we both like Ohio State. We both like Miami. I like Michigan. You like Kansas. I like Louisville. You like Oregon. All right. So, hey, 
Guys, you've heard it here on Sports Info UM. Next week, we'll be right here to continue to talk about it, to see who was right, who's making it to the Final Four. Will our brackets be tore up again? I'm tired of tearing up my brackets. <laughs> hey, Dad, what were some of your favorite moments before we move on uh, from the NCAA tournament? What were some of your favorite moments from this wild first week of action? You know, I guess my, my favorite moment would have to be seeing Florida Gulf Coast beat Georgetown, and see the expression on John Thompson III's face that he could never get his team to play at a tempo to match Florida Florida Gulf Coast. You know, I guess that's that's what this is a lasting impression in my mind, to see his that, see that coach's face for Georgetown. Like, he had like a blunt look on his face. How can I let this team beat me? You know, where is where are they coming from? Who is this team? I, I tell you, this team provided me with about five or six like wild moments, uh, just from the point guard throwing no look alley hoops, the uh, no look passes. I tell you what, yesterday in that San Diego State uh, game, he did a dribble drive fake move that uh, a guy fell on the floor. Man, he got an easy layup. Uh, the shot from Ohio State from Kraft, you know. Uh, Oladipo hit a big shot yesterday. There, there were just so many moments. Uh, Marshall Henderson in the first round uh, against Wisconsin, man, a, a guy that shoots three for 18 in the first half, and he continued to shoot the ball with confidence, just a gunslinger, end up, finish, end, end up finishing the game with 18-plus points, man. And uh, just uh, a lot of exciting moments uh, from the NCAA tournament. Uh, Gonzaga been pushed to the limits in, in the first round, uh, you know, it, by Southern University. You know, I, I guess one of the things I'm going to take from this year's tournament, man, is to see Tubby Smith beat UCLA and lose his job. It just doesn't happen like this very often where, where a guy makes it to the tournament and loses his job. And, you know, Tubby got uh, the coach from UCLA fired. And then after he loses to um, the Gators, uh, Tubby Smith has uh, been relieved of his duties uh, at the University of Minnesota. I'll tell you what, man. When you think about Ben Island, he took uh, UCLA to three consecutive uh, national championship games, man, in uh, his 10 years there. so I, I don't know what more some of these coaches could do for some of these programs. Uh, you know, Tubby has been a guy. He's won a national championship at the University of Kentucky. He's done great things at the University of uh, Georgia. Uh, I, I really feel that if Tubby uh, feels like coaching, he'll, he'll get another opportunity to to coach basketball again if he so chooses to uh, to coach. And, you know, last week we talked about the Rick Pitino situation. And I'm going to guarantee you this, Sam. If Tubby Smith did half the dirt Rick Pitino did, I don't care what his record would have been at Louisville, he would have lost his job, man. Hey, man, Rick Pitino, is, he, he's doing his thing. We're going to focus on Tubby and the good that Tubby's done. Tub, Tubby would be outstanding for any program that's in need of a coach. Uh, it, I, I just really feel it's going to be a matter of do Tubby – still feel like coaching is it does he still have the energy to go out and recruit and do it uh you know that that's yet to be seen hey guys you're listening to sports info um on the voice american network we'll be right back to talk about some of the, the nfl news tiger woods
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, speak up. Speak up or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And, and welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam, you know, let's get right into this NFL free agency. You know, we had one big signing this week, man. Former University of Miami star, former Baltimore, former Baltimore Ravens superstar. Ed Reed is now going to be playing with his homeboy, Andre Johnson, for the Houston Texans. How do you hey, feel about this, Sam? Hey, man, you should just say future Hall of Famer, Ed Reed, because that's what he is. He's a future Hall of Famer, one of the best safeties to ever play the game. Uh, just signed for three years, $15 million, uh, $6 million guaranteed. At the end of the day, when you're looking at all of these contracts, the guaranteed money is what matters most. Uh, so in, in year one of the deal, which is guaranteed he's going to make $6 million, I, I think it's a good signing for the Texans. Uh, you're talking about a future Hall of Famer, one of the best ball hawking safeties in all of uh, football. Uh, this guy's just a playmaker. Uh, sad to see him go as, as just a football fan. Uh, you know, it, it's rare in this day and age that, you, that a guy starts his career with the team and finishes Finish his career with a team. You know, Reed, uh, he thanked the Ravens fans with the full-page ad and told them that he'll see him soon because the Ravens will host the Texans this year. So, uh, you know, sad. But in, in, other, new, in other Ravens news, you, you, you just feel, hey, do they have 11 guys to fill the defense this year? Well, they did sign another defensive end. Uh, Elvis Dumerville signs five years, $35 million. $12 million of that's guaranteed. He'll make $8.5 million this year. You know, Denver did make a late push to, uh, to try to sign him, but at the end of the day, I really feel that the Broncos and John Elway, they're smiling. They're happy to have that um, huge uh, salary cap number off their books. And, uh, 
I, I don't know. I don't know if the Ravens really needed another defensive end. Uh, Dumerville is a guy that's had a lot of success uh, playing in a 3-4 system. So I, I think he will bring uh, he will bring some pass, pass rush skills to that team. But, you know, the Ravens, their team that's in a transition, they, they got a lot of holes to fill. Yeah, the Ravens have a lot of holes to fill. But, you know, I, I, you have to wonder about Dumerville. You know, last week we talked about him missing the signing date for the free agency. Was that purposely because he didn't want to sign for, for less money or he didn't want to take less to help the team? You know, you, you just you just wonder about that. Now he's he's moved on. And he only made $500,000 out of the deal. I, I just feel, man, it's going to cost him a pretty penny to move. Uh, he ended up getting new agents. Uh, it, it's, it, it was a mess, to say the least. But, uh I'm not really sure, man. I'm not really sure on that. But what about Brian Erlacher, man? To me, he he lost the stare down with the Bears uh, overnight, and it's a, a another another veteran, uh, similar to Ed Reed, a guy that's been with the franchise for 13 years. Uh, that, that will not be finishing his career with them unless he decides to retire. Uh, he said he didn't feel that two million dollars was enough to put his body through the gruesome training and everything that it took to uh, prepare for NFL season and to get through an NFL season. And, uh, you know, uh, my, my question for Brian Erlacher uh, is, do he really want to play? You know, was was it about seeing how much money he can get out the Bears? Uh, you know, he's been injured injured lately. Uh, he hasn't been the Brian Erlacher that we have known to uh to, to watch and to love. Uh, you're talking about another future Hall of Fame player, uh, a big, rangy linebacker. And, uh, you know, how much gas does he have in his tank, man? And is it really worth it going to Green Bay or Minnesota for an extra couple hundred thousand dollars? You know, man, um, Sam, don't throw a couple of hundred thousand dollars around like we're talking about a couple of dollars or a couple of ten dollar bills. You're talking about. Come on, man. When you're talking about professional athletes, you're talking about this is chump change, man, because you know what? Brian Erlacher and Ed Reed would have benefited and made way more money if they would have stayed in their respective cities and, uh, Hey man, this the the endorsement potential and the money they can make. Hey man, I, I tell you what, they need to go to Ann Arbor and drink some of that water and some of that juice that uh that we be drinking in Ann Arbor. You know, because uh, uh, we're team guys, man. You know, it ain't about getting the most money. Look at what Brady's done for the New England Patriots. I know that people hate to hear that, man, but it's about winning at the end of the day, man. It's not about just. I mean, these guys have made their money. Man, they don't want to drink that water from Lake Michigan. I'm just trying to tell you because that, that's a dirty water. I'm going to tell you. Don't Sam, water, li- li- listen, listen to me. You make it seem like 500000 or 800000 It's chump change. And it's an old saying, Sam, don't hate the player. Hate the game. If he can get an additional 800000 500000 and you're going to tell me, oh, well, he's got to move. Well, maybe he's going to keep his house there anyway and just rent an apartment. Now, you know the Texans and Ravens, they're not getting the – the Texans ain't getting the air read that Baltimore is used to or, or that we're used to. 
They're, they're getting a guy whose skill set is, is slowly declining. The same thing with anybody who signs up Brian Erlacher. So, you know, you're not getting that guy that's worth $9, $10 million because Ed Reed was worth every penny of that. But now I'm not so sure. And and you know what? Some of these teams, they're getting smart. They're wising up. They're, they're not signing guys based off what they did in the past. And uh, it's business. It's business one-on-one. And, and you know what? You're right. If you can go out and get more money, go ahead, take the money. But at the end of the day, sometimes you got to say, hey, man, I, I, I made a home here. I, I've done everything that I needed to do to be successful. You're not talking about guys that are just trying to make a roster that's just trying to catch on in the NFL. These guys are established. They can make they can make that money up at signing shows and, and endorsements. It's about leaving that legacy to saying, hey, I played 13 years. I played 15 years uh, for one organization. No, it's $500,000, $100,000, $50,000. No, it's a lot of money, but it, you get the point. Well, Sam, when you look at when you look at even the Chicago Bears, they didn't make it easy for Brian Urlacher to come back. You know, they almost forced him out the door. And you can almost say the same thing about the Ravens and Ed Reed. They didn't make it easy for him to come back to uh, to Baltimore. And when 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 someone doesn't make it easy, who's always made it easy for you? That's like your mom saying, "Oh, come on, come on in here, baby, and enjoy some of this fried chicken." Yeah, they and always one, made it easy because they was playing at a high level. And, and then one day she says to you, "Hey, go to your house and eat chicken." You understand what I'm saying? It's, it, it hurts your feelings. It's business, so her, man. I, I understand. Business. It's, I understand it's business because some some kid, when you turn 18, your parents pack all of your stuff and put it at the front door. It's time for you to go. I don't care what you've done for us. It's time for you to go. And actually, I think that's what the Bears pretty much did for Erlacher. They packed his stuff at the I, end I really of the locker room. I think it's time to go. I think it's, it's, time, it's, time, to, I think it's go, time to man. retire. Well, maybe it is time for him to retire. But at the same, I, I, I'm going to tell you, man, I don't think Baltimore would have done that to, to uh, Ray Lewis. Uh, and, and at the same time, I, I can't Ray say Lewis that. If Ray Lewis would have tried to come back this year, he would have got the door just like Ed Reed. I, I, you, because, I think you're right. Because right now, Ed Reed is a better football player. I, I eat my words. You are right. And, and Ed Reed got his stuff packed at the front of the locker room and say, hey, man, it's been good. We enjoyed your company. You've done a whole lot for us. But, hey, we've got to move on, and I hope you understand. And how do you feel about Pete Carroll saying that he feels that the Jets did uh, Mark Sanchez a disservice by signing Tim Tebow? We've got to move along now. We're down I, I, our last I, I, two minutes. I, Sam, I really think, I really think um, Pete Carroll was trying to give Mark Sanchez another chance at a, at a career because I don't think – Tebow had anything to do with Sanchez playing bad. He played bad the year before and the year before that. Hey, he played well when he had a good team around him. He took him to two AFC uh, championship games. Dr. Andrews says RG3 had superhuman powers and is way ahead of schedule. How you feel about that? What else can he say? You know hey, what I'm saying? He, he has any, to say that. Can anybody beat the Miami Heat, man? They're currently on a 26-game win streak, which is I the think, second longest in NBA history. I think the Spurs are going to take him out, man. That'll be Sunday. Will the Lakers advance past round one? I don't. I don't. I don't see them advancing past the first round. They're going to have to play the Spurs or OKC. Tiger Woods is number one again after winning at the Honor Palmer Invitation. Tiger has won three of five events this year. Will Tiger Woods win the Masters? I don't know if he'll win the Masters, but he will win a major tournament this year. 
I tell you what, man, Tiger is a guy that can just he he is one of the most focused athletes I've ever seen, man. And for him to bounce back, he's he's ranked number one in the world the first time since 2010. He's really putting the ball well, and uh, he's really he's pounding these par fives, man. He's pounding them. And man, you know, I guess when these guys play with Tiger Woods, you can see the intimidation in their face and definitely in their game. You know, it's unbelievable, man. This guy, Ricky Fowler, today, I think it was hole 17 or 16, he hit two shots in the water. You know, it, it, was, it was unbelievable. He hit one in the water, he dropped, and hit another shot in the water. And that's a big part of Tiger Woods' intimidation, man. Hey, man. Time flies when you're having fun. We'll see everybody back next week on Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. Peace. It's always fun, Sam. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.